Okay, mamas, ladies. After having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop-down menu that follows, skims.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today was a fantastic episode. We got to sit down with Drew and Ellie Holcomb. I have been listening to these two absolutely crush songs. (laughs) They're amazing songwriters. They're amazing singers. And we're going to link their information down below so you can check them out too. But truly, they both have voices. I mentioned this in the episode, but he has a voice with such... Timber, I think, is what he calls it. Yes. Is that the right word? I don't know, but I do remember you wanted to sing for him. I, yeah, yeah. It was a good episode. Um, <laughs> yes. I was really impressed with Drew and Ellie and the wisdom they shared. We talk about a lot of different topics, including uh, how Drew ultimately worked his way out of the friend zone mm-hmm. as they were dating. How uh, to deal with grief. That's right. Yes, they talk about some kind of major moments in their life and how they were able to make it through it. And then Drew also dropped... What might be, yeah, it might be my favorite line ever since we've been doing these interviews. Mm -hmm. And he said uh, something along the lines of the human heart was not made for fame. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll have to listen to the episode to see how we got to that point and why he would say that. But um, so appreciative Drew and Ellie joined us today. Hope you enjoy this episode before we jump into it. If you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And give it a rating as well. Um, Again, we're going to link some information in the show notes. So check that out. And let's go ahead and roll into this one with Drew and Ellie Holcomb. Drew and Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to meet you. This is our first time meeting. Although I do think we have like some mutual friends. Yeah. 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 Well, Andy and Brooklyn. Yes, that's right. They said that you guys are the couple they're most starstruck by, which is (laughs) is saying a lot. (laughs) But um, I'm just honored to be in like the host seat right now. I I watched Ellie's interview of you, Drew. And phenomenal job. There. Thank you so, very much. So lower your expectations for how this Okay. Intimate knowledge, you know. We know each other. Isn't it strange well. though, interviewing your spouse? It is. Because like we've done the same thing 
And I, like, we would sit down and I'd be like, I don't know what to ask you. Because, like, you know so much. No, yeah. it is. It was a really... You prepared a time. I really yeah. did prepare. Like, I was so excited when yeah. they talked about it. I was like, this is really fun. And then yeah. I thought... We should do our dates like this sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Not yeah, recorded, sometimes. but like with a camera this was, crew. Yeah. I loved the conversation uh, that came yeah. from it. And you know, I don't know, you get we've got three kids and life gets busy. And so sometimes I don't know, it felt like it did feel like a date on camera. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it is an opportunity to like really think about questions that you might not have have asked your spouse. Cause it's like, right. you know, it's like, oh, at this point. I know Sean pretty well. Like there's no questions I need to ask her about herself, but it was cool that you guys did that. Yeah. I also uh, was listening to an interview you guys did um, at a conference and you said that on, on a similar note that when you became parents, it was kind of like a re falling in love experience. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Why? I, wow. okay. So Drew is a, he has an amazing heart. He's one of the most intentional men that I know. He's amazing. He is not like, sweet do you know what i'm saying like he's just not it's true i get like, sweet vibes from drew he I, is well I, now I, I think i'm kind but i'm not he's sweet. kind he's not like oh babe he's not like a, he's not a pda like when there were all these things when we first got married i'm like oh you don't like the sun what like i thought you loved being in the sun. like on our honeymoon he was like i'll just be in the shade over here and i was like excuse me Gives me a headache sometimes, though. To be yeah, honest. and I was like, you can be in the sun, but I'd like to be in the shade. She's like, but we need to be in the sun together. And I was like, why don't we be in the shade together? She's like, absolutely not. And I was like, see, that's kind of how I feel about the sun. <laughs> but it really was. Like, I will never forget. So he is amazing. He is intentional. He is kind yeah. like a wonderful, like characterful man. But he is not like cuddled up on the couch like I remember when we were first married I walked in he was like hey we were watching I think we were watching through friends the we friends were. series we yeah. had anyway we were like surviving off gift cards yeah. from our wedding yeah. do you know what yeah. I was yeah. oh, yeah. like peanut butter and frozen pizza yeah. yeah much and borrowed a friend's dvd set and like that's what we were watching so he we had some ice cream and he's like hey will you get me some ice cream I'm like, yeah and i came in with like this one little bowl with two spoons and he was like oh. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I laughed i was like i go oh that's, that's cute and she's like what and i was like look well, i, I kind of want my own ice cream uh. <laughs> And she started like really crying, and I was like, "Oh no!" Whatever. She's like, "I just thought it would be fun to have like oh, one ball and two spoons." So he's not like, like a super sentimental, like cuddly mm. guy. But I, when in the hospital, I woke up um, after falling asleep, <laughs> and I look over, and he's with her. He's he's. I wake up and I look over, and he's just on the little like whatever couch bed yeah. that they have and the thing, and he has Emily right here, and he goes. Hey, little pumpkin. Oh. I was like, oh, did you just say pumpkin? Yeah. And he was like, I'll say whatever I want to to my daughter. <laughs> I got really defensive. I was like, don't, don't call me out for being sweet. Let me be sweet. But like depths of tenderness mm. and sweetness that I just mm -hmm. didn't know existed within him. It was like she brought it all out. And it has been, it has been so, it's been such a joy to parent together, to be on the same Team. Yeah, and I felt the same way too. You know, everybody kind of told me like it's the classic sort of thing that everybody says when you have kids is like, oh, it's really it makes it really hard on your marriage, mm -hmm. you know, because then your loyalties are split and all this kind of stuff. And and which there's obviously some practical truth to that with your time and energy and things like that. But what you know, when you have a kid, I felt like at least 
you know, there's this like person that's half you mm. and you feel so connected to them and to watch your spouse, like, like give so much love and attention to this child. It was like, it was just so attractive and, and just like a way that no one had told me that like, you'll watch your spouse and you'll, you'll fall deeper in love with them, watching them give themselves away to this person that you sort of like created together. I just, it's, it's amazing to me. It is. Mm. And then the moments, I mean, it's not like every moment of having a kid is like, Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip <laughs> on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day. What about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good, and I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon lime, and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code EASTFAM at liquidiv.com. Right. So easy. (laughs) (laughs) Or or romantic or like Right. Like you're not like gazing into each other's eyes all the time, like with spit up all over you, like Yeah. Yeah, while you're cleaning (laughs) up a nasty diaper. You're like, gosh, this is just so you're so cute right now. So cute. But even those moments, I think what we I think when we're at our best is when the craziness happens and you just look at each other and you're like I mean you laugh together Mm -hmm. and you're just like Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are, we are this. on this ride of life together yeah. and I am covered in vomit right now. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> well, you, you talk about as artists and in that interview you did with uh, Drew, as a songwriter, there's something important about the practice of showing up, as you call it, which is, I, I heard that and I was like so struck by it because in my NFL career, it was like, you know, it took me five years and eight different teams to just like, actually achieve my goal and i heard you talk about showing up and like just opening the the notebook your songwriting notebook and staring at the blank page and you say that the blank page is the enemy of songwriting or something like that and it's like being there living in the moment and uh actively engaged whether it's parenting songwriting football whatever i was like gosh that's that's really what it's all about it's just like you don't know what's gonna happen when you sit down to write a song but like if you're there and you're like trying putting your best foot forward then that's the best you could do you know so yeah for sure we've even started that like the songwriting for a long time i i especially pre-kids it was sort of a we'll just wait till inspiration strikes and then i'll write and then once we started having kids it was more about like getting it on the calendar right like making yourself show up to do the work and we we realized in sort of the beginning of the quarantine in the middle of the quarantine that that life was kind of getting away from us. And so our new practice of showing up is that we have a date night every Tuesday night, you know? And it's like, and like yesterday, all we did was go on like a two hour walk and go get dinner. Mm. But it's been really, it's like you have to, we have to make time to even just have conversations about like 
what we're thinking and feeling about school or mm-hmm. what's going on in the world or all you know all these different things that are happening and um that's been a fun sort of new and we're, we've been married for 14 and a half years and yeah. it was still like we still have, we're still like having to like proactively show up yeah for each other wow you know? figure out figure out how to do that but it's funny we're our neighborhood is very um i don't know we've lived there for 15 years, 15 years now wow. and we know a lot of people like because yeah. it's just like you you you're there we have a lot of friends in the neighborhood it's yeah. amazing i love it about it's our a neighborhood. sidewalk neighborhood it's like people, people are walk around house. and everything and we laughed so hard yesterday because i think seven different times we we would like pass people on a walk and we'd be like in the middle of people in every conversation <laughs> yeah. that we're having and we're like oh Hey, what's <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, there's a friend on his bike with his, with yeah. his one and a half year old, and they, we stop and talk, and we walk another like three blocks, and it's another friend's running, and he stops and talks <laughs> yeah. for a minute, and then yeah. uh, some friends with their kids drive by, and we're like, oh my gosh, we need to like go time. walk in the woods or something. Yeah, we really and then a guy that I work that's like on the uh, works at the record label I work with, uh, he walks by with his new dog, and they just moved to the neighborhood, and it's like, man, this is like, we got to figure out a new way to. Everyone that saw us was like, Where are the kids? And we're like, I know, right? We dropped them off in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like on a date. It's, yeah. so, like, it's so fun. It's that's so great. fun. And that's the thing. And both of our parents did a really good job of this, but they um, were like, Hey, I mean, your dad, what did your dad oh, used to tell always you? say? Don't you ever forget that I love your mother more than you. Wow. But that's terrifying and romantic. Totally terrifying and totally yeah. romantic. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he was like, I'm only gonna be you're only gonna be here for 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> he's like that's and great. he's like, then your mom uh, and I are gonna live yeah. in this or live together and be married together for probably 60 plus years. They got uh, married at 21. Yeah. So it was always like this, like, whoa, he loves me more than loves her more than me, but he really loves her a lot. So I guess he <laughs> loves me a lot too. Yeah. But it was sort of like his way of being, especially when I got like teenage years and I started getting real sassy with my mom you know kind of know it all yeah he was like don't you forget son my loyalty is with your mother not you I love that though (laughs) I mean we actually talked about that the day that we had our daughter I said we always will be each other's number one and she will be our number one but not like individually yeah and we've always talked about how you can't be a good parent unless you have your priorities straight because if you put your child before your spouse then it like the dynamic doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. terrifying the way he says it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, I want to hear the story of how you two came to be a couple because, from my understanding, in an interview you did, you said that at one point Ellie was almost married to another guy, and so I respect that yeah. because. I had like Sean because you were almost married to another woman. Is that what no, 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 no. <laughs> I respect that. Sean made me work to to yes, like date her. I relate I to like, that. Yeah, I feel like personally too. Unless you're married or engaged, fair game. Like if you're dating somebody else and I fall in love with Sean. Wait, wait, am I saying this right? I'm I don't not know. saying she's it right. dating someone else <laughs> yeah. and they're not married yet. <laughs> she's you, yeah. fair game. That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So. I'll, 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 I don't know about that one. We'll come back to that okay, later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we need some clarity. Yeah, yeah, we need some clarity. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell it because, and Ellie, you can interject. That's at great. Because we, we want to keep it relatively, you know, yeah, short. Um, so Ellie and I were really good friends in college. I was always 
honestly interested in more than that. But I knew she was coming off of a really intense heartbreak when we first met. I was a sophomore. She was a freshman at UT. And I immediately was like, wow, this girl's amazing. We started hanging out. And then it became very clear to me that she was, like, not ready to date anybody because of this high school, you know, heartbreak. So... I had a classic high school heartbreak. Wow. You know, like that just like yeah. stays with you for several years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was not, I was not really. And then we also like, I could just tell that she liked me as a friend, but that was sort of the extent of it, you know? Um, friend zone. I was, I was, totally I was pretty friend severely friend zone. With a beard like that? I didn't have the beard. See, with that's the, the problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have this magic. Yeah. Uh, so. I went off to study abroad in Scotland, and while I was there, she started dating this other guy. And when I got back, he basically had, like, convinced her that, like, I was out of bounds even as a friend, mm. right? And looking back on it, he was probably right. He's pretty smart. You know. In, in that way. <laughs> yeah. But really when, I'm, others, when but. I moved back is when I started singing. I started writing songs in Scotland, moved back to, to Knoxville, started playing out around town and, you know, knew that she was a great singer. And so I'd be like, hey, you want to come sing with me? So we would, she would like come up and sing, kind of like she does now, a couple songs. And one thing led to another. And about a year later, I moved, I graduated, moved back to Memphis and was like moving all my life. And I had heard through the grapevine that they were about to get engaged. And, you know, I respected her enough at the time to go like, well, if that's, you know, as my, as my friend, if that's where she's headed, then I'm just going to like back off, you know, respect that. And, but then I would, I remember, I never forget, I was driving to Knoxville, uh, for a show like four or five days later and I was just going to see old friends and her best friend who's one of my good friends uh called me and was like hey here's where we all are when you get to town come over to so-and-so's house and I was like okay great I'll be there in like two hours she's like oh by the way Ellie and so-and-so he must not be named <laughs> um uh <laughs> <laughs> they broke up today and I was like what she's like yeah it's, it's really it's really like it was a pretty it's, it's a pretty bad scene uh, broke damn. up on the uh, day damn. that he was gonna propose he ended it thank Whoa. god I mean really like but wow. it was wild wait he broke up yes yeah. instead of proposing wow. that's right yes had a okay. which we don't have to okay. stay around okay. there too yeah. long yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's leave that <laughs> <new> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> back to me guys <laughs> Everybody was shocked, including me. And I'm uh, so glad. I'm so uh, glad. But I remember hanging up the phone and I was just like, I could feel like myself, like, because I had kind of suppressed my feelings for Ellie and they all just came like rushing over me. And I was like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I know how this ends. She doesn't even really like me. What am I? Oh man. And then I get, I get there and she's there and she comes out and gives me like the biggest hug and we sit and talk for like two and a half hours. Dang. And I was like, oh. God, it's making me tear up. I was I like, golly, now I'm freaking in love with her. She's going to break my heart, you know? And sure enough, she kind of did. Um, basically, <laughs> and, <laughs> no, she, she did. But so we started talking a bunch, and I was playing music. Oh she was singing with me this whole fall semester of her uh, senior year. And around Christmas time, I was like, hey, just for the record, like, I don't want to be your friend. Like, I've basically wanted to be with you since the, since we were like freshmen Aww. and sophomores it's like a movie Damn, i know and uh and i was like and i know that you're not ready to date anybody because you, you know you're kind of recovering from this thing but what i feel like based on i'm just gonna say this i was like you know i feel like i've earned the first date let's freaking go true that's really cute love and, that dude and he was like i'll wait for however long that's you need 
Wow. Oh. Then random guy comes into the mix. <laughs> he who should not be named. A second. This no, is wild. This is And this guy was uh, super aggressive, you know. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, that was around like early so December. Crazy. And, and anyways, around February, I had a show in in Knoxville, and she came, and and he came to the show. Oh boy. Random guy. He, he was kind of like couldn't. She was trying to push him away but he wouldn't so that night she basically told me like hey i need you to like completely back off and i was like to you yeah and to him him. and i was just like i can't believe i'm getting lumped in with this guy she's only known for eight weeks like this sucks so bad and i remember i was just like i mean i was devastated just like i can't believe that this other random dude is like coming in the picture and anyways i was about to walk away from the whole thing and um Called my dad and he was like, he just starts laughing at me. I'm like, why are you laughing? He's like, why don't you just do what she asked you to do? And I was like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? Because I was like, I need to move to Knoxville. I need to tell her I love her. I need to like double down. Or I'm like, I'm out. Like, like I'm moving to Mexico. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like I'm calling her and telling her never mind. So he calls. He's like, why don't you just do what she said? And I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, why don't you just back off and give her some space and go live your life? And he said he he was great advice. He said. I love he said, nobody wants to be somebody's end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go live a life that she wants to be a part of? Whoa, chills. Dang. Mm-hmm. Like, no girl wants to be the end of the story. Yeah. They want to be swept up into a story. Aww. Right? Yeah. I mean, Which it's very true. true. So I was Dude. I was um, a, a pilot at the time, like uh, s- small planes for fun. What? Yeah. And so I was learning to... F- the I first w- day that I met Drew ever in college... He was coming I up the my stairs. We're at a party. He's the most interesting man in the world. Uh, it's cr- I know. <laughs> he's kind of crazy. Uh, but I, the first day that we ever met in our whole life, I, I'm i a very friendly person. and She literally was like, hi, I'm Ellie. Hey, I'm Ellie. What's your name? Drew. And I was like, what'd you do today? And he was like, actually, I flew a plane for the first time today. Dude. Oh, my gosh. He soloed on it because he was taken. Then, like four months later, lessons. was the second time I saw her. And we're at this party in somebody's apartment and there's a big circle of people that are my, my friend group. <clears throat> Ellie comes into the friend group with the, the host and the host introduces her to everybody on the last one. And before our friend Betsy introduces us, she's Ellie says, wait a minute, haven't we met before? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Have we? <laughs> yeah. She's like, aren't you like a pilot? And I was like, yeah, who told you that? And she goes, you did. <laughs> And all my friends were like, oh, you're so busted. You're totally using the pilot thing to like yeah. pick up girls. Uh, yeah. Which was not, not totally false. But. Yeah, not totally false, but not the case with us. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so what I did after my dad said that, I was like, I, I just like, I was playing a lot of shows, writing songs, and I was flying like every day. I was trying to get a bunch of hours. And so Ellie would call me and she'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm actually... <laughs> I'm getting the plane. I'll call you later. I really missed him. Yeah. When yeah. I told him to back off, I was like, oh. Because we were, at the, before that, we were Dang. between like. I didn't actually want you to. Yeah. Yeah. Totally she had been like, right. from yeah. the time I told her how I really felt through like the, the, that mid-February, we were talking like almost every day. Yeah. And then she like cut it off and I didn't, I, I just was like not calling. And then just like a week later, she's like, hey, um, so I got this paper I'm working on. I wanted to get your opinion on it. In my mind, I'm like. Okay, she yeah. misses me. This uh-huh. is like a good sign. So it totally worked. My dad was right. And then finally started dating like two months later. Yeah. It was six other. months from that first wow. conversation. Six. I'm pretty sure if Sean asked me to come sing with her, I would totally do it. Yeah. 
And then she would never talk to me again, though. So was it, <laughs> if that was the first pickup, that's pretty much how yeah. that would go down. But, I love that. Yeah. Um, so to a certain degree, there's been a, a decent amount of loss in, in your guys' relationship yeah. and lives. And yeah. you talk about, you tell the story about your brother. And then I think in a period of four to five years, you lost two or three maybe, like, friends. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious your parent, both of your parents seem to have like really laid a solid foundation for mm-hmm. you both. What did you see in, um, in your parents and how they dealt with that, that you guys have carried forward, uh, for since then? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go since I sort of endured this young tragedy when I, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, I had a brother that passed away, which you sort of referenced, but so I was, I was 17 he was uh, almost 14. Uh, he had special needs. It was spina bifida kid, but he was like totally like a functioning, you know, he had no, no like sort of mental uh, disabilities, just all physical. High functioning, highly social. Highly social, highly high beloved. functioning. Yeah, yeah really beloved guy. And it was a really big surprise. Like I was actually out of the country when it happened. So I think what I saw with my, my dad before that point was sort of your classic, just like, Leader, get it done, you know, nose of the grindstone, mm-hmm. not super emotional, um, but a lot of fun. Like, we traveled a lot as a family. He made sure my brother, I think there was, my parents knew that his life wasn't going to be, like, a long life, but I think we expected, like, 30 or 40, yeah. you know. So, dad took him skiing, taught him how to tube behind a boat. Put like, him on the back, uh, of, on a the back of a horse. Like, he did all these things. Like, <laughs> tried to figure it out, you know, yeah. like, as best he could. Wow. And after, or or when my brother passed away, my dad sort of welcomed us into his grief, Mm. which was really sort of shocking because I'd never really seen my dad cry. And um, Mm. I saw that pretty young. And I think more than anything, it just taught me, even within the context of their marriage, a lot of times like grief and sorrow and difficult things can break up a relationship, Mm -hmm. especially special needs kids. It's like a sort of a a data point that people with special needs kids have a Mm. higher chance of. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below, and let's get back to it. Their marriage falling apart. So they actually doubled down and really focused, really did a really good job of like, like they did a monthly, every month of my entire childhood, my parents would do an overnight without wow. the kids. 
That's awesome. Like wow. even in town, there's like a Hampton Inn down the street that had an Italian restaurant next door to it. <laughs> and they probably went, did like an overnight there like 20 times. Yeah. And we get my grandmother to come watch us or, or, you know, whoever babysitter. So I learned a lot about just sort of like investing in, and part of the reason they did that was because my mom was exhausted because taking care of a kid mm-hmm. who had five doctor's appointments every week out of, in 14 years mm. is exhausting, you know? And so he did a good job of sort of investing in her rest, um, which was really wise. And, and I think it really helped them. Yeah. And, they, and everybody has the means for that too. So it's not, I don't, it's not like I didn't recognize that. I didn't recognize that my dad was a dentist. He had, you know, the means to do, do that kind of stuff, but uh, also the heart. Most, a lot of people have the means and don't spend the time and the heart on it. So being invited into that grief and then our own grief was that we were like, it was a safe place to, to know that like the world is broken and hard things happen and sad things happen. And the way we get through that is we like love each other in the midst of it. So Uh. um, that was a big part of it. And then, you know, I think both of us have been through a lot of hard things. There's a series, a a season of time in our marriage, probably like seven or eight years in when three things happened basically simultaneously in our friend group. Uh, Some friends lost uh, a two day old, Um, um, just some really tough health stuff. Uh, another good friend with three kids got diagnosed with cancer, pretty aggressive form of cancer. Um, and then thirds are some of our closest friends. Their marriage fell apart. And another friend checked into rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Another, yeah, another friend checked into rehab. And so it was just like, and then my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So it was, it was just like a oh <laughs> really hard. Yeah, it was really hard season. So um, Ellie always says, you know, like, or we talked about a lot together, but it's like idea that one of the great, like, points of living or like ways to make it through life is to hold like joy and sorrow simultaneously, mm-hmm. you know, like that's how you can sort of survive and thrive throughout whatever happens in your life is, is like not ignoring the fact that like life is hard and it's broken, but also not letting that win the day, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily competing there. I think they're part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm. Your dad did that as as an outside observer watching Drew's family grieve, and I never met his brother. And it's amazing. Our kids mm. have no idea because I know so mm-hmm. many stories about him and tell stories about mm-hmm. him because they do such a good job of talking about him. Wow. And and I anyway, I can't I, I can't wait to meet him one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I I am so grateful that they they grieve really openly. And I watched, I've watched them do that over the years. Um, something will hit and grief is weird like that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. something reminds you of this person and I will watch his mom just be like, Oh, that reminds me of Jay. Oh, miss mm-hmm. him. It's crazy. Oh, let me tell you a story about him. And I mean, so it is mm-hmm. both like, she lets that move through her, lets other people into that but doesn't just remain there Mm -hmm. and would go on to tell a story. And your dad, I wasn't at his memorial service, but your dad at a service had two different lists. And he, one was a list of really funny stories about Mm -hmm. Jay and Mm -hmm. who he was and amazing stories about crazy, funny things that he did. And then the other was a a list of people he wanted to thank. A list of people he wanted to thank. He would start off and say, well, Hey, I want to thank, um, I just want to like thank our my mom's parents who we lived five doors down the street from they, my grandmother really helped take care. And he's just like thanking them. Then he gets emotional about it. He's like, all right, now to this funny story, you know, yeah. he kind of would like every time mm-hmm. he would get choked up, 
in the sort of thanking people, mm. he would go to these funny stories. It was a great like picture of what it's like to be alive. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, this is really hard, but it's not just hard. Yeah, it's also really great. It's yeah. also you know? really beautiful. I think that's like that's a really beautiful perspective to have on life because we being able to interview a lot of different couples and just hear what people have to say about marriages and relationships don't realize that sorrow should be part of a relationship. They think that it's a bad thing and it's something that you have to run from. And if there's anything sad or hard or grief, it pulls you apart. Yeah. But to have that perspective that it goes hand in hand and it should. Yeah. It's glue. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really helps a relationship to grow stronger. Yeah. And it wasn't even just like our, our upbringing. Like we've done a lot of, you know, I think, done a lot of counseling over the years you know both together and separate and I, I started going to this guy like three <laughs> years ago I, I after meningitis I got pretty I don't know if I was like clinically depressed but I was really not in a good spot yeah. just couldn't really get my body to recover and so I was like I need, you know so I found this guy and um and he was like helping me give like instead of just like feeling everything he actually gave me words for it so instead of mm-hmm. you know Ellie and I'd be in a fight, and instead of me like, pro- like trying to prove my point, I'd be like, uh, "I just honestly, this conversation just makes me feel really lonely and sad." Uh, She's mm-hmm. like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's I'm like, like, "She's." Then you're like not arguing; you're just yeah. like explaining, like, wow, "Hey, when you said that, really, yeah. it it make, makes me feel sad. I'm I feel sad." Well, so, which is intimacy, like yeah. into me, you see, like mm-hmm. when yeah. you you can get past. And it's not that anger is bad either. That's like a check engine light. It's yeah. like there's something else going on. So that's pay attention to that. What can that teach you? And he, I, I literally was like, I think I need to go to your counselor to learn how to be married to you. Now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, again, like the tenderness, the vulnerability, this is amazing. Like, I love it, but I'm like, you're not sad. You know, you can carry so much. Your capacity for life is crazy large. Your shoulders are broad. Like you are able to carry a lot of stress, a lot of sadness, a lot of sorrow. And, and, when you started letting me into, oh, I'm really lonely or I'm really sad, I was like, mm. you? Yeah. Are? She's like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and you're laughing at me. Yes. <laughs> Makes it worse. Like, no, I'm more lonely. I'm like, oh. oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was the only one who felt lonely and sad sometimes, mm. you know. So that was one of the things I was curious about. You both are very, I would say, creative people. And I, from my uh, perspective it feels like creative people feel more deeply or they're more in tune with those feelings maybe they haven't and shut you guys you, you guys welcome off, yeah. emotion you don't yeah. shut it off like a lot of people do yeah does that make arguments harder you know because like like me i'm not i'm just like a guy and i have feelings for sure but it's like <laughs> i don't like feel i'm just in there. a guy <laughs> no, no, no i feel for sure but you know I, w- I was curious if if you two being like that affects how you argue or like did that was that a hard thing to learn how to reconcile? Well, we I mean our early years were very like sort of typical of a young married couple. Like um, Ellie ran away from 
arguments. I hey, ran towards them, like, you know. Like, bye bye. Like, you know, you know, and I was, you know, so anyway, that part of that was just personality too. It wasn't just like guy girl mm-hmm. thing. It right. was just like my personality is more of a like, like if I have an issue with someone in my band, like we talk it out that day. Like mm-hmm. if I have a, you know, conflict, I like to sort of head on right into it. So you we, never have to worry what he's if he's upset about something you'll know you'll know it. which mm-hmm. is honestly such a gift mm-hmm. like it's amazing. But it can also be sort of disruptive. It, it you know? yeah, <laughs> it can be uncomfortable. So especially when you did, like if, if we first get married, I'm like we would have dinner with somebody else, and Ellie would say something that I'd be like, that's actually not what I said. <laughs> And she's looking at the other couple like, <laughs> we're fine, you know? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, I remember a big issue when we first got married was I, uh, I just wasn't used to having to tell anybody else where I was. Like, do you know, like he was worried about me. I was also traveling. I was touring at that point. She was teaching school. She yeah. And we did get. We got mugged like five days before our wedding. So there was some like, like, what? Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And we were okay and everything, but it was, so he had reason to feel. So like eight mm-hmm. weeks later, I'm like worried. on a, you know, flying somewhere to play a show, gone for two days. And she's at home alone mm-hmm. in the neighborhood where we got mugged. And Jeez. I like, it's 11 o'clock and I'm trying to call her and she's not answering. Because I've over, like over got music on yeah. and I'm like grading papers. And all of a sudden, he would in, he would feel so worried. Obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm not answering my phone. Not good at answering my phone. Um, but I would hear a knock Truth. at the door, <laughs> and I would be like, "Yeah." And I would look at my phone. It's like eleven missed calls, and it, he oh, would gosh. send over a neighbor, like a friend in the, the neighborhood, yeah. to be like, "Are you okay?" So there's and this I, one, and then she would call me and be like, "I'm so sorry." I'd be like, "Great, I'm glad you're alive. I don't want to talk to you right yeah. now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Goodbye." You know? And so he, you definitely came in one time to a friend's house. You couldn't, and you knew that I was over there, but I wasn't answering my phone. And he busted in the door, and he was like, "Are you dead? Are you raped?" And I was like, "No, I'm fine." He's like, "Well, I don't know because you won't answer the dang phone." And I was like, "I'm so sorry." And and in that in that circumstance, all the girls that I was hanging out with are like. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm like, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine, babe. It's good. <laughs> and now just I'm like, like cool, for the last four hours, I didn't know where you were. Yeah. I'm still getting so much better. Oh, for sure, definitely. But it has been, it has been 15 really. Years 15 years later. Years later. Yeah. <laughs> I always say 15 years later. Yeah, it's yeah. a journey. But but I when I started counseling, um, I, I was literally that girl that went to counseling that was like, I was like, my first time I was like, so I have this friend that's going through a really hard time. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I just need to know how to help them. Yeah. You know? She was like, actually, you need intensive counseling. Um, so this like, friend of yours needs to come back often. Friend, yeah, your friend needs to come in and talk to me often. And then I was like, oh. Um, and she was like, salsa, think about salsa. I love salsa. So I was like, yes, mild, medium, are hot. And I was like, okay, talk to me. She was like, so you can come in once a year. That'll be mild salsa counseling like Mm -hmm. and we can talk through the year and give you some strategies or whatever medium can be a need to know basis when your friend is having a hard time or you get in a fight and you want to learn how to like work through that or navigate that she was like hot will be um exposing some pretty unhealthy patterns that are in your life that you have no idea are there it will be really hard you will not want to come back every time you come so she was like you can choose mild or medium but in 10 to 12 years your life will fall apart or you can choose hot whoa and I oh was like, oh my gosh. Hot. <laughs> yeah, 
yes. for my friend. Yeah. But her yeah. Yeah. That's also for my friend. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, she loves spice, uh, spicy stuff. But I, <laughs> I was so grateful. I felt relieved because um, I could sense patterns in our marriage. I always say that that Porter's Call is this um, counseling service for musicians. And so I always say Porter's colleagues like, saved our marriage before we knew it needed saving. Mm-hmm. Like I, they, they taught me how to, how to show up for myself mm-hmm. and be who I am and fully in our own marriage. And, and that means you have to have conflict sometimes. And mm-hmm. I hated it. And I remember, I mean, we were in a Volvo station wagon for the first, how long of our marriage? Four years. Yeah. Four years. We were in the same car and it's really hard to avoid conflict when you're just yeah. in the passenger seat. Yeah, I mean, we were together, starting the second year of our marriage, we were together basically 24-7 for six years. All the time. So I would be mad and just be like, look uh, out the yeah. window, you know? Like, I don't, there, I can't escape this. And when we started having conflict, I was, I was just talking to his brother and his fiance last night. I remember when we first started having conflict, it was so hard for me to learn how to fight well, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to mm-hmm. like really work through, um, conflict, I was, I didn't want to die at all, but there were times on the interstate that I'm like, okay, we're only going 65. <laughs> if I open this door and just roll out, like <laughs> I think that physical pain would feel better than uh, how this feels right now. Yeah. Like, makes I, me sound like a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. you know? not, he was not oh, a no. jerk at all. I just was not, mm-hmm. I didn't know how I felt like an infant at, uh-huh. at, conflict resolution and I was not good at it. I was really bad at it. And so I was actually mainly the problem, but it was hilarious. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I would rather feel physical pain. Uh-huh. Than well, this. we talk about that all the time. We're very open on podcasting YouTube that we argue and people are like, I've never argued in my 20 year relationship. You guys need some help. And it's like, no, arguing is good. Yeah. But trying to figure out how to communicate I'm something like, when you you're haven't argued in 20 years. You need some help. <laughs> yeah. You need hot sauce. You yeah. need hot sauce. Um, but trying to figure out how to communicate when you're angry and trying to figure out how to make your spouse understand because you're speaking different languages. Yeah. Because you feel different emotions. You're different people. And you have different histories. And- yeah. Yeah, yeah. It gets so frustrating and it takes a long time to figure it out. It, it takes does. some work. We're, but, we're, yeah. Sorry. We're listening to this uh pastor in Dallas named Jonathan Pakluda doing this whole series on conflict. And like, he starts off by saying conflict is an opportunity and you need to see it that way. And like in line with the joy and the sorrow go hand Mm -hmm. in hand. It's like, it's like if I feel like, you know, whatever studies or people you listen to, they always say community is the, is the biggest uh, reason for joy. Mm -hmm. It's like, but in order to experience true community, you have to have conflict and you have to work through it. Yeah. There has to be. So Mm -hmm. Anyway, I cut you off. No, I just, I think I remember our first like really big conflict when I started counseling, we were in London actually. (laughs) And, um, he was, he had been studying, uh, you complete, were you finished with your master's program? I was was there for it and we met up after I did the two weeks. Yeah. We met up after his like kind of two week stint there. He was getting his master's in divinity. Yeah. Anyway, I, we got there and we were in line for the London eye and (laughs) y'all I'm like, okay, there's just something that was said that I was like, okay, I need to address this. I'm not going to run away from this. I'm going to have the conflict. And we started it and I got so upset that I 
Didn't see anything on the London Eye. And I it's had like my a sunglasses on. <laughs> we stood on opposite sides of it, and I was weeping. There's, other There's like weeping. snot and tears running down my face. I was like, "Awesome, we I, we need to go redeem that experience." Yeah. But but we went to the hotel lobby. We went to the hotel lobby afterwards, and um, we had Peroni, this Italian beer, a couple of Peronis, and those little nuts, like the walnuts. But I, at the end of that conversation, I remember. Mm. I'm I, looking at him and I'm like, you're still here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like we can do this. I was freaking hard. But so whenever I see Peroni on a menu, I'm like, I will have that because that is the taste of hope wow. to me. Yeah. <laughs> and like reconciliation, like that's, oh, this is what marriage is. This is what doing life with somebody is, is being able to just stay. It's the mm-hmm. coolest thing ever. Gets it's, me pumped up. Marriage is like the coolest. Well, I feel like beautiful. It's yeah. hard work, but yeah. it is like when you move through that, and it gets easier. It's not like we don't fight anymore, but you learn to have conflict better, mm-hmm. yeah, and for sure. and to know each other, to let it be a way to know the other person better. Is we oh. we talked to a couple once who they were so wise, um, and they were saying that argumenting or argumenting argumenting that's not yeah. a word <laughs> arguing. Um, it's so intimidating at first because you don't know the outcome. Yeah. But they said when you learn, when you start learning within your marriage what the outcome is every single time, which is you're still there, it makes it easier and easier every time to confront something because yeah, yeah. there's no out. I mean, it's yeah. when you know your person's going to be there at the end of it, yeah. it makes it easier. Yeah. So much easier. So you know how the story ends, if you will. But mm-hmm. yeah. funny side note, I once asked a married couple, they've oh been married gosh. for like 10 years. We like, no, this you know, used to be your go-to <laughs> yeah, question to ask couples. And I was like, this is terrible. Because, you know, I'm, I'm we're, so we're like right three now. or four years in and yeah. we're having this really deep conversation. Everyone's being like open and honest. And I was like, what's the, uh, what's the biggest fight you guys have been in as a married couple? And then they just look at each other. And I realized at that point that that fight never usually goes it never it's never resolved there's something yeah, that just like, like, yeah. so you want to relive the fight right now yeah we've caused a lot of arguments to resurface <laughs> because he will ask this question and yeah. every time i'm like oh my I, I'm gosh done you're like yeah yeah sorry, but sorry. i i'm curious not not related to that you guys worked together for six years i guess officially in a band i don't know eight and a half eight and a half, eight and a half. Eight and a half on the road on together on the road together yeah in your TED talk, which is dope, you did one. Thanks. You talk about creative friction, and so Sean and I do a bunch of work together. Yeah. Yeah. And creative friction is real. How <laughs> yeah. did you guys? How do you guys do that? Do the creative thing and have the creative friction, but also mm-hmm. like have the other person as a priority. It's tough. You know? Yeah, it's really tough. It I mean, is. Yeah. Well, when, <laughs> when, I'm like, will you tell us your answer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think every relationship is different. And yeah. for us, it was at first our creative, uh, our, our collaboration was inside of the context of my band, which had existed previous to mm. Ellie and I being married. So she was coming into a sort of work atmosphere that already had like sort of, um, you know, culture, a culture. Yeah. And that culture was, this is my band. I write the songs. I'm the business manager also. Like, sort of a, we, my band and I kind of joke, it's like a benevolent monarchy. You know? (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, Ellie was sort of a member of the band, but also my wife. And one of the funniest things, we used to, we were in a van at the time, and we would, 
Ellie didn't like fighting in front of everybody. And so we'd be in the front two seats and we'd be arguing about something. And I would just send, uh, or she would send a text out to the band, like, hey, earphones in. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And the band knew, like, okay, <laughs> put the headphones on. Like, they need to work something out. Yeah. And then she'd text them, okay, we're done. You know, like, 10 or minutes later or three hours later, depending on the, depending on the conversation. Have you found out, yeah, did they ever Still have volume on, on or were they all just listening? I think they probably did. They probably They're, they're pretty <laughs> respectful of our space. Our drummer yeah. at the time. Our yeah. drummer hated it. He's like, it's just about love, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, love, this love, is what love. love looks like. It's yeah. working. It's, it's yeah. doing yeah. this. We're, that's what we're doing. So we would write a lot of songs together back then. And we have very different approaches to writing songs. So my approach is more like lyric lyrics and and like like what is the song about first. And Ellie's more just like let's find a cool melody and let's nail exactly what the melody is going to be. She's more of a sort of music first, and I'm more of like hmm. lyrics and you know theme first. And so that created like a lot, like every time we would write, we would be just uh, like really tough. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And so we honestly, when Ellie let, then. Um, when she started writing more on her own, she was supposed to be writing songs for us. She was writing more, you know, ended up writing a whole lot more songs that were sort of about her faith. And, and so it was clear that she needed to sort of be like, I accidentally wrote another song about Jesus. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, no, don't be sorry, but you should probably start your own band. (laughs) (laughs) So she did, she did. And, and I was sort of able to, be her sort of biggest cheerleader and then vice versa. And that created some, some good sort of a a time of what we call differentiation. Like we don't have to do everything together. Our work is, is similar, but it's not the same. And since then we've been able to come back and like cross over a lot better because we, we sort of know our lanes. And now when we write songs together, I think we give each other a little bit more space and also too, if we're writing a song, it's like, okay, what's the song for? Is it for Ellie's record? Hmm. Then Ellie's in charge. If it's for my record, then I'm in charge. If it's for our project together. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Put on the on the football pads. Let's do this. You know, there is there is a friction and a tension mm-hmm. with that. And yeah. I think I think what's been a really important thing for me. I grew up in the South, grew up in the church in the South, and there is this sort of mentality uh, that I don't think is the healthiest thing. That it's like when you get married, it's just mm-hmm. you kind of disappear, and it's about mm-hmm. y- y'all together, mm-hmm. and you're just really supporting. Him and that is such a part of like supporting together. You become one. You're like a unit. But I also think it is really detrimental to like not be yourself mm-hmm. and who who you uniquely were made to be, which is why they why you fall in love with the person because they're who they are, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so it was such a it's been such a really it's been such a good exercise for us. Um I remember when I couldn't be on tour with him when I was pregnant with our our first child, Emily Lou, I was on bed rest and I was supposed mm-hmm. to be on this tour. And I remember I got to go to one of the shows cause I got cleared after a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. It was like, you're in the safety zone. So I could go and I watched him. I had performed with him for eight and a half years. So it was the first time I've been on stage without her in eight years wow. or seven years. Cause then seven I got, years, I came yeah. back on for another year, but I, I watched him. So the orange peel in Asheville, 
North Carolina, and he was going to invite me up for a couple songs. Um, and I watched him hold an entire crowd in the palm of sand by himself. It was, he was first to three, opening for Need to Breathe, actually. And I was like, I haven't watched him do his mm -hmm. thing without me being a part of it in forever. And I was like, holy crap, he is so good. Mm -hmm. And I was like, don't invite me up. I didn't want him. Yeah. I just wanted to see him do what he was doing. And um, it has been such a, a beautiful thing to both learn to be fully ourselves. And then I think we're both better songwriters now because of that mm -hmm. friction, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. Your guys' story is so interesting. You being a teacher, you going to divinity school, and then you both. And being a pilot. Being, yeah. being a pilot, yeah. <laughs> and then the band, and then I, I was super curious about that point where you weren't officially in a band together. I don't know if I'm saying that yeah, right or if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But because Sean and I are kind of in a, you know, like you, you try to be thoughtful about how you do things, and I love how much time we spend together, but we spend – Every waking second. I mean, if we spend yeah. like two yeah. hours apart a week, yeah. then that's it's like, like a yeah, a like yeah. that's, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So it's just, I feel like there's a lot we could learn from you guys about well, that. But. It, very similar to what you were saying. It's hard because at different points of every day, you're wearing a different hat mm -hmm. that's right. because you're either a business partner or your mom and dad to your, your kids or your husband and wife yep. or your the HR department of your business yeah. or you're like you're you have all these different hats and emotionally that's really hard on a relationship because you yeah. have to sort through those emotions of okay we're having conflict right now creative right. conflict yeah <laughs> yeah and it's not in our marriage it's in our business right it's in our creative but endeavors I can't yeah. take it personally as a wife and I can't take it personally as the mom mm -hmm. it's just you have a different, like it, it gets to be so it's hard. It's really tricky. And it, but it, you know, if you can do it well, it's really beautiful. And I think, yes. it's, I think, you know, when you, when like we've made it through tough, you know, creative seasons or like, I'll give you a good example. When we were, the way we make records is very different. So, um, when Ellie, Ellie grew up, her dad's a producer. And so when we were recording, let's call it, let's pick a record, Chasing Someday, uh, it was sort of an earlier record in our, in our, in our working life and in our marriage. And um, I'm more of a like, you know, the, what, what does it feel like in the moment? And like capture that, like capture the emotion. And if it's mm -hmm. not, if I, didn't, if I didn't sing it perfectly, that's okay because I want it to feel like real. Whereas Ellie's more like, no, you sing it until you sing it right. Mm -hmm. Over and over and over and over again. Like she wants to, wants to do it like, wants to sing every line of the chorus 30, 40 times until it's like the just the right one. Now, the reality is neither one of those are wrong. Mm -hmm. Neither mm -hmm. one of those are right. Those are creative preferences mm -hmm. based on who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And so we would fight so much about that. I'm like, you nailed it. Don't do it again. And she's like, no, I, I want to do it again. I want to mm -hmm. do it again. I want to do it again. And so then the next record, I was like, well, can we please make this one more live and in the, and in, and in the moment? And she's like, we can try or whatever. So we sang it live three or four times when the band was tracking for good, for the album, good light. And, now that record was also a little bit more me heavy. Like she didn't sing lead on any of those songs because we, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that she was going to have to take an exit ramp at some mm -hmm. point. So she got put on bed rest while we're in the middle of making the record and couldn't come in to sing. And we had a deadline and we had three takes of everything already. 
And me and the producer went through them all. And we were like, this, she sounds amazing on all of mm-hmm. this. Like, we can make it make it work. And she's like, no, no, no. You'll have to wait and put the record on hold. Mm-hmm. And wait till I get better so I can come sing. And we're like, we wow. don't have time for that. Like, we have a deadline. And now, and then she listens to it. And she's like, you were right. Like, I sound great on that. And it was right for that record. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. that's how everything was recorded on that record. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, on a different record where it's like more of a polished sort of studio approach, she would be right. Mm-hmm. You know, so like yeah. navigating those creative mm-hmm. preferences, it, like realizing that some of what you argue about is preference or the way you do things is preference or how you spend money is preference, how you save money. Like there's, there's, it's just, it's just, there aren't right and wrong ways in a lot of these categories. Um, and so navigating that is just like, you just have to be so patient with each other. And patience is like the last virtue that, that I have. Like it just wasn't given a <laughs> lot. Like I had the least, I got the least portion of patience <laughs> from like the, you know, the, the virtue gods. Yeah. So God gave you me. Yeah. So God gave me Ellie to teach me patience yeah. and, mm-hmm. and not just patience. You know, she just is a more deliberate thinker. She wants to like, look at all the options and I'm more like, are you going to show me four options? I only need to see three. Got it. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. one. We'll clean yeah. up the mess later if it's if it's the wrong decision. Yeah. But I think you know? some intentionality has been really helpful for us. And you are that's a, your strong suit. Like because the layers are so blended of your life mm-hmm. when you're working together, um, we have to be really intentional about taking time away, just the two of us. That has no work. We don't talk about work. It. Yeah. And you had that model so hard. by your parents, like once a month they would go, but we really try to do that. And then every year, it's one of my favorite things that we do. We take a state of the union trip mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. And it is, it is like, okay, we're going to look back on last year. What worked mm-hmm. with work? What worked with our marriage? What worked with our kids and the stages that they're in right Just now? You too. Just us two. Yeah, Just yeah. us two. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we like want to really be? Nice. How do we want to be, be serving? Like Caribbean or somewhere. In the shade. In, I in the, the shade. shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, but it's, it is, that has been so helpful to like really intentionally zoom out from a year and say, okay, this system worked or we need more help mm-hmm. with this. Like this is, and figuring out, I think too, our strengths, like this is my lane. Like mm-hmm. I am really good at mm-hmm. this and and this is your lane. And it's not like we can't ever cross over, but sort of letting each other, the, the strengths that mm-hmm. each of us have, like leaning into those and lifting heavier in those and then pulling in help mm-hmm. where we need mm-hmm. it or shifting things around where like, this is not a great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think too, like it, 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 you have to fight standard things. Like we both have had to fight jealousy with each other about different things. I am jealous of Ellie's ability to play with our kids mm. uninterrupted. And like, I, I watch her do it. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that because I know my mind is thinking about mm. other things. You know, I'm super jealous of that. On the flip side, she is super jealous of my ability to get a bunch of practical things done in a short period of time. <laughs> right. Mm. And so we've like, even verbalizing that out loud, I'm honestly mad at you because I'm jealous that I can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's like, okay, but it just feels good to get it out in the air. <laughs> Out in the open, it's like, but also I love this. But I love that you. about you. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's one of my favorite things about you. But amazing. I just wish I had some of it. You I'm know? so mad that I can't do life like you can in that way. Yeah. But look, we're together. Yeah. So, th- yeah. so like together. I don't know. I think it really helps to. Yeah. Sometimes, if like well organized, life can be like one plus one equals three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. In terms of like 
our capacity as a as a couple to you know we even had conversations about that we went to a marriage retreat once and this guy was like basically like it's really important in a marriage to find out what your yeses are and what your nos are and so like that even drives things like where do we give our time in nonprofit world mm -hmm. you know like we want to pick and choose like the things that are like really mean a lot to us and where we feel like we can have like strategic impact instead of just saying yes to every because you guys know this yeah. as public people you get asked to participate in everything mm -hmm. can you be a part of this fundraiser can you give money to this can you make a video for this and everything's great and it's all mm -hmm. great and it's all really good and it's all like from the heart someone's vision someone's thing but it's really easy to kind of get lost in all that and we have like had to take a step back and go what do we care about what do we want our sort of like generosity legacy to be and how can we make proactive steps in that direction and, and what's interesting is they're not all the same like some of the things that she cares about i'm kind of like i mean yeah that's cool mm -hmm. same thing some things that i really care about she's like that's cool so there's even like some give and take there you know mm -hmm. and that's just been a fun i think it's been fun that that trip in particular has been has been a great thing for us to sort of create a, a intentionality in multiple areas of life, whether it's, whether it's, you know, our, our works, our creative stuff, uh, how we spend, save and give our money and then parenting and then like how we do community, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and those are like all really important pieces of like a whole life. It know? is an interesting thing though. And I'm curious about, about y'all cause you're on camera you're in front of people you're having conversations live <laughs> and earlier you were like let's follow back up on that thing yeah. that you just said yeah. later which we, <laughs> which we have that stuff too Shoot. all the time oh sorry you're like but like i i think one of the things and it's really interesting and that's actually how i actually got myself into counseling is we walked out on stage this one night and and we were off mm -hmm. And, yeah, not, not and, good. but just busy. Cause sometimes it's like work. There are seasons of work that are crazy and you're, and you're both just stressed or maybe mm -hmm. one stress and the other's like, Oh, great. You know, <laughs> like, so it is, you're navigating that too. And having empathy for that is good for yourself and for your person, your partner. But I think one of the huge things I, w I walked out on a stage and there were all these people out there and you, you hear them like, Oh no, Oh, mm -hmm. so, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and I had the thought, all these people think that I'm amazing. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you, cause we've been in a fight. Going we've been in a fight yeah. and, and thank God I had the, I just, I, that, the fact that I thought that scared the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's the beginning of a divorce. Mm -hmm. Like that is, I don't want to, they don't know me first yeah. of all. Like, and and you do. And I told her, I, we were backstage and I was like, I had this thought and I'm so sorry. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to go to counseling. I, I promise for my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally, but it, it is one thing that has been so helpful for us. Even when we like, it's showtime, we got to go on stage mm -hmm. and like perform is to say, okay, I know we're not on the same page right now, but I love you and I'm on your team. Mm -hmm. Like, and wow. And that has been a huge thing. Like we will work through this later. And a lot of times when we do that and then it's showtime, we do the show and a lot of the tension that's mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. There's some, gone. one of us has some clarity during that. He sings time. a love song and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Or, like, or I go, I'll come off stage and I'm like, Hey, you know what? What I said was totally wrong. And I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. What I meant was this. 
I know it didn't come across that way. Will you forgive me? Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. You know, sometimes that we, we've learned that we need that time sometimes to just like digest mm-hmm. whatever it is that's off, you know? Yeah. yeah. One of the books that I feel like has made the biggest difference in our marriage and thus my life is Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. Yeah. And he Ooh, talks yeah. about um, He had how- me read that our first year dating, by the way. <laughs> He did? Yeah, and know. then he didn't propose for three more years. I was like, whoa, okay. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a great book, man. It's a great book. But he, ta- he talks That's about, amazing. you know, we're kind of all in the business where people give us praise or get, people give us, uh, you know, like critiques. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how n- whether it's praise or critique, yeah, it should, if in, unless it's coming from your spouse, it should not have the impact mm. that what your spouse says about you does Mm because your spouse knows you the best. So if he gives you a critique, then that means a lot more than someone on the internet just saying something around, you know, no no doubt. But I am last question about the creativity thing. It's because it kind of relates. Um, at one point you mentioned like you're proud of drew for being able to, you're pretty vulnerable and both of you are in your songs and there's a certain degree of opening up, you know, and sharing yourself uh, you mentioned before the show that like, you know, you're, you're kind of a glass house. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been strategic in sharing uh, everything or is it, Hey, this is just between us two and we're not going to share that. Or well, you know, cause Sean and I confront a similar issue where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, this is, we know this could be a beautiful art, not, sound as good as you for sure <laughs> but, you know in whatever form we make it yeah but this should stay between us well and we have through trial and error we've made rules within our marriage of anything that we share it has to be fully experienced and worked out between us before we share it with the world and we want to share it yeah. we yeah. we have that glass house mentality but it has to be something that there's nothing um left to figure out before the world finds out yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely try to be wise about about a lot of different things. I mean, that that we do or don't share. I mean, our our platform is a little different because we're not. Um, you know, our job is not to sort of like talk about our our relationship all the time. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I, you know, for instance, if people follow me on Twitter, they know my point of view about the state of the world, politics, et cetera. If you go to my show, you don't necessarily know that about me, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I feel like there's a, you know, if people are paying money to see a concert, they're not paying to be, you know, like scolded or challenged or preached at necessarily about their political point of view. So I think this that, but that as sort of a, a rule of thumb, I think that, you know, if I'm going to tell a story that maybe has, like there's a couple stories about Ellie that I've told on stage before that, could be seen as like being a little patronizing, like, you know, moment our first date when she did something really funny by misreading something on a ticket Mm -hmm. and I always asked permission. I'm like, can I tell, how does it make you feel when I tell that story? Mm -hmm. She's like, no, it's fine. Or like, you know what? Honestly, it doesn't make me feel good. I appreciate if you didn't Mm -hmm. tell it again or don't tell it in the first place. Yeah. Or there's a moment in a show that is, uh, cause we started touring together again, which has been so fun. (laughs) I mean, because we took four years off mm-hmm. and like five, we a lot yeah, of years, five. five. Um, and then I, it is, it's just been really, really fun doing that. But there'll be, 
you know, you're in the moment and you're mm -hmm. performing and something is said and, and a joke is made. And mm -hmm. there are times when it's like, mm -hmm. hey, babe, that did not mm -hmm. yeah. sit well with me. Like, And so we have to be willing to have those conversations. But I think those boundaries are... I mean, I, there are like, sometimes I'll do, I'll be on a podcast and I'll be like, cause we do live really openly. I think that's, I love that y'all do that too, because I think so many people need to know, like, it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. Like it, that's part of being human is just not being okay sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? And so to show up to that, to yourself, to your marriage, to your community with an open and vulnerable heart and, and it's, has been one of the most beautiful things there's so much beauty and goodness that comes from that. But, um, I do think that there are, it is a, like, there'll be times that I'll share something on a podcast and I'll be like, babes, real quick before they publish this, I shared this story and this is kind of what I said about it. Are you comfortable with that? And he's like, totally. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, so it is, uh, well, and, and we're very different too. Like Ellie, um, in, in her music and in her life lives a, a much more sort of open life about her faith Yeah, mm -hmm. because we have honestly some pretty different experiences and thoughts about that whole world and, and what it means to us personally. And mine is a little bit is pretty like, is, is sort of an internal mm -hmm. world that I don't really want every to have those mm -hmm. conversations with the, the general public. And honestly with a lot of people that I meet who don't know me, cause it's like, I need to trust someone before I sort of like, go there, you know, and, yeah. and Ellie doesn't have that same feeling about her own sort of faith experience. So, mm -hmm. you know, we just, we have to be, you know, like you said, you have to be careful how, what you share, especially about each other. You want to, I like what you said about making sure you're sort of through the, mm -hmm. the, the thing before you share the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, it's interesting. The counselor we went to back in the day, uh, his name was Ali Andrews and we got to be pretty, pretty close with him. And so I asked him one time, just sort of a, a flippant question as we were leaving. I said, Oh, you've been counseling musicians for 25 years. Like mm -hmm. you have one big takeaway. And he goes, Oh yeah, that's easy. The human heart was not built for notoriety. Mm. And it was like, I feel that on so many levels. Wow. Yeah. And so Jeez. that's the tension is like, you know, you've got like all of us here have a platform where people are listening to us and paying attention to what we have to say to offer the world, and that's a beautiful thing. But it could get away; it can get it can easily get away from all of us, mm -hmm, totally. you know. And like what Ellie was saying at the time on stage, there was another time on stage where we had Emilia was a newborn, and we were playing every night, and we did this one part of the, the night where we go to one microphone and sing the wine we drink. Oh, it was a really beautiful <laughs> moment. But then like Ellie came up, she's like, "Hey, I, I I know you're really busy with the tour, and like I I was driving our, our me and." Our tour manager were splitting, driving our own tour bus that tour because we had, like, had no money and whatever. We but were hustling. We were, we're just hustling. Yeah. And so I was exhausted all the time. I had very little time to sort of like spend. Her sister was the nanny on the tour. And so they're really close. So they were spending a lot of time together, mm -hmm. which is great. All of a sudden we looked up and she was like, um, Ellie's like, like that's the closest I've felt to you on on mm -hmm. tours when we're on stage in front of like 4,000 wow. people. Mm -hmm. and that feels like maybe not. The that's probably not a good, yeah. like, I'm grateful for that moment. Yeah. But we need to maybe create some, some other moments yeah. in front of everybody. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and, hmm. and so I think it is, those are hard conversations to have. Like that's like mm -hmm. not an easy thing to acknowledge on either of our parts. I was like, Oh gosh. Yeah. But I think to, it is, there is, it is a lot, it is a lot to manage in social media. And I have, you know, I'm like, I try not to, I actually ask my kids now before I post pictures of mm -hmm. them on Instagram. Cause I just, mm -hmm. 
mainly I don't want to look back and be like, you exploited me, mom. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. Okay. And so often I love, I love our kids so much. And I love our little girl. She's like this little old soul. But so often Emily will be like, mom, let's just text that to the family. Like, mm. don't Aww. post it. And I'm like, why are you teaching me how to do yeah. social media? Like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah. And so there is a sense of like, it's beautiful to be a glass house, but it is also really important to respect the people mm-hmm. in your own house. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like, Hey, are we comfortable sharing this? Yeah. Like, let's be on the same page. And, yeah. and, uh, I'm really grateful that I started doing that because it's been a really good check for me too. I'm like, Oh, and so there's like way less pictures that I post now. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm a mom. Like, yeah. I love my kids. All I want to do is like, yeah. look at my kids. I'm so crazy about mm-hmm. them. And so it's been a really good, like that's been a good barometer. And I just always feel like, I don't know, we're all on a journey learning what works best for us. Mm-hmm. And some things for certain seasons are like, that's great. And then you're like, wait, that didn't feel that good anymore so i think it's just this like open-handedness yeah always being willing to sort of pivot and you know change course when things don't feel right or yeah or you have new ideas about how to do things especially when it comes to social media can be the most amazing thing but also it can be really like we sometimes will go on a trip and be like you know what this is our trip yeah this is not our followers trip Mm -hmm. we're not gonna we're not gonna post anything about this trip yeah it's just for us and then other yeah. times we're like, this is so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is, it is yeah, there's like there's a both end of, of just yeah. like holding that tension, I think. But my friend, um, we have some amazing, uh, Andy and Jill Gullahorn. He is one of, he's an incredible songwriter. One of the funniest songwriters uh, of all time. Yeah. He like, point, really poignant. Yeah. He's amazing. They're, they're amazing. Um, and they've got three kids there who are older than our kids. So they're just like a little further down the road. Mm-hmm. And I was asking her, I'm like, how do you balance? Like, how do you create boundaries for your family? And, and like, what do you do? And she was like, you know, she was like, I think what's really important is not necessarily setting all of these boundaries up, but when you look around and you're like, this is too much for us, mm-hmm. like, like it feels like we've crossed over a line. Like we committed, we overcommitted ourselves. This is too stressful. I'm not well. The kids aren't well. Like this is too much. She was like, I think it's actually just really important to then be willing to yeah. hold things open-handedly mm-hmm. enough to be like, you know what? We're not thriving here. Mm-hmm. And then to take a step back. And she was like, I think your response to, to that is way more important than like, what are all the boundaries that we need? Right. And I loved that kind of freedom like to be like okay live your life go for what your heart is following and then to be like jk 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 okay we're gonna pull back and and reassess and that state of the union trip is really a a one way that we do that and it's been really helpful over the years we we get asked all the time they're like how are you guys able to you know do such a good job at preserving your family life and shit and at the same time sharing up the world and we're like I don't know if we're doing a good job. Like nobody's yeah. done this it's before ever. Mess. Like we're not, there's no standard of like doing it well. Like we're no still, rule book here. we're like, all we try to do is just be thoughtful about it. Be like, try to be flexible and like, yeah. just have a lot of discussions and you know, like yeah. we don't have it figured out. Yeah. You know, That's we're it. just, we're, we're just going, it's like an experiment. Right. We're just figuring it out. But somebody, somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how do you juggle all the balls? I was like, I drop them all the time, <laughs> all the time. All the time. <laughs> and yeah. then I say, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm just picking them up all the time. And like people don't, a lot of people don't know how. Like that, we have managers that help, and you have people that 
you know, that yeah. are running the pot. It's, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all just not just not just like we're doing it all by ourselves. That's right. kind of what my TED talk was about. Was like, man, anything like this takes a village. Right. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people off camera. Right, you know, and that's actually like has been such a joy and a beautiful part of it. And uh, like we have had four nannies now, three, three, three nannies. We had a season with a girl who kind of came on and off with us, but but three like full time nannies now, and. I told not at the same time. Not at the same time. <laughs> we Sorry. have one name. But like one for four years, one for two, and yeah. then our other is about to hit two. So I it is what's been so beautiful about that, because they're usually younger, mm-hmm. you know, like or they have been for us. And it's like we know they don't want to be an auntie for the rest yeah. of their life. Like they they have wonderful, beautiful things that they want to go do in the world. And we like bless that. But what I told Drew is I was like, I feel like like our family just keeps getting bigger, mm-hmm. like, and our, and our community keeps getting bigger as we like feel we're like, Oh my goodness, I don't know how we're going to hold all these things. Um, it has been really fun to, um, find people and to develop like intentional community with the people that we work with nannies, our management, band. our band. Yeah. Um, and, and to be like, to build a great team. And you know, a lot about You know, it just is like, that is an amazing gift. And it's actually like our, I think our kids benefit because they're exposed Mm -hmm. to all these amazing other people, not just us who, who are working in community together. It is a village. Yeah. Clearly you guys probably feel the same way, but there's that whole, like, where it says, don't ever go into business with (laughs) friends and family. And you're like, well. I'm in business with my wife, so, yeah. you know, (laughs) you guys make make friends with all the people that work with us too, you know? Yeah. So. 14 and a half years of marriage. Yeah. Three babies. Yeah. You work together. You don't work together. Depends yeah. on the season. Depends on the season. <laughs> um, loss, hardship, joy, sorrow. Andrew's biggest question that you ask every single couple, and I feel like you guys will have an awesome answer, is at the end of the day, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given or would give to people about relationships and marriage? Mm. Do you have anything? And there's just so many little things we've been given over the years that are really, really, really good. Um, Drew, every time you talk, I feel like the whole room shakes. I don't know if there's anybody else. Uh, is, it the, is it the treble? Like, <laughs> the treble. It's like, what the heck is happening? This is wild. Okay, so I have one of my, I think the, one that's always always going is kind of intense, but um, one of my really kind of mentors growing up, I did this night two weeks before I got married where I had like seven or eight guys who'd been really involved with my life, older like men, scoutmaster, youth pastor. You know, you boy scout? Yeah, yeah. Dude, let's go. Come on. Let's go, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yes, That's right. So Eagle scout. He right? was. Eagle uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Sorry, no, no, it's, I, it's, I wanted, it's like my most proud thing of my youth. Honestly, in nature, I'm like, what kind of bird is that? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, you're an eagle scout. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't take yeah. the birding merit badge class. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, you yeah. Google it. What kind of bird is that? But he, uh, one of the guys who was at that at the time, his wife had cancer, and she ended up fighting it for another 15 years. But he just said, you know, just at the end of the day you don't know what tomorrow brings. So just like love her today, hmm. you know? Wow. And I think that was a really like sort of grounding piece of advice for me, you know? I love that. 
Um, I think having watched my parents and their relationship and kind of what the things that they navigated through um, from early years uh, th- that I didn't really get to see. Like, so I was really young when they worked through a mm-hmm. lot of their stuff. And so I always was just like, y'all have just always had this amazing relationship. But they they both have talked a lot about um, just fully showing up to be fully present for the people in your life that matter the most. And I, I think that has been uh, like my dad was gone a lot when we were little, he would say like he was a workaholic and, and he said, and he always says, he's like, I, if I could go back, I would just, my little sister asked him the other day, mm-hmm. she was like, what would you do differently? Like with work? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like he, cause he worked a lot. He was a producer here in Nashville and, um, and he would share all of this. So I've asked him for, for permission. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm like totally just sharing his story without permission, but he, she said the other day, she was like, dad, what would you change like work wise? And he goes, would have come home more for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love that, um, that he even owns that, mm-hmm. that he's just like, yeah. yeah, he's like, what actually matters is just showing up for your people in the joy and, and in the sorrow. And I feel like that's been modeled for us really well over the years in a, in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. We're so thankful you guys took the time to come on the show. You have so much wisdom. Yeah. And I am just so impressed. I feel like we could talk for another three hours, but we want to respect your time. Um, So, yeah. If you listening want to find out more about Drew and Ellie, we'll link all of their uh, social media. Check out Drew's most recent album. is called Dragons. Uh, They're also doing a monthly live stream called Live in the Neighborhood. Right. Yeah. And also the kitchen sessions, I believe kitchen is what it's covers. called. Uh, yeah. Kitchen covers. That's right. That's right. Sing uh, our way the, through quarantine. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome. Jamming, hard <laughs> dancing, the whole thing is great. Uh, but we'll link all that down below. So thank you guys again. You should do this more often, I think. That's my <laughs> but you're, you guys are good at this. So Thanks pleasure meeting you. Thanks for having us. Yeah.